0: Footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Listen. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales. Dark stories for dark hearts. I'm MavSky. MavSky. Good evening, and welcome to your nightmares, where we like to keep it dark and dreamy here at Dark Softly Tales. This is your host, Mav. Happy New Year's. It's 2021. What to expect? I've been asked this a few times the past few weeks, and you know, when I peer into that dark looking glass, I feel there is this kind of time wobble, like it could go either way definitely feels like there is a new time that is being born as we speak. There is definitely something being born. But it's hard to describe. Um, but what I can say with full confidence is that what you can do is stay true to yourself and be true to your heart. And be sure to check in with your heart and see how it's doing. And when I say that, I don't mean go get a checkup, which of course, if you feel like you need a heart checkup, go get one. But what I'm talking about is your emotional, spiritual heart. When was the last time that you placed your hand on your chest and just said, hello, how are we feeling today? How are we doing? What can I do for you? What would bring you joy? What adventures shall we have together? This is so, so important to be able to see and recognize our hearts like this. And it reminds us that there is innocence and purity within. And at any time we can see it and we can ask what it needs and what it wants. And it makes it easier to be true to ourselves and stand strong in a world where we are being bombarded 24 7 with agendas from every which way. Which brings us to the story today called Dead Sunset Red. It's about a woman who has definitely not been in her heart space, but she pauses for a moment and decides. that she's ready to explore all that she has buried in her heart. All the things that she has refused to face. I wrote this story actually after reading a few true crime novels about Andrea Yates. I wanted to understand what was at the center of the horrendous crime she committed. And after reading about her, I felt so moved because I could see how everything built into the perfect storm. Her doctor failed her by mixing medications and changing doses. The postpartum depression, which is a very real illness, and she was aware of this because she had had it with her previous children, Um, and how her family failed her by ignoring so many of the warning signs. But mostly I was moved because at the center of all that chaos was Andrea's choice to betray her own heart. There was self-denial, shame, doubt. All these things built up inside of her, and together with mental illness and mixed dosages of medicine, it pushed her over the edge. She is not alone in that. As humans, we all know what it's like to feel betrayed. But we often don't like to admit that we play the role of the betrayer. And it hurts enough to betray another person but most painful of all, is when we betray ourselves. When we are in denial, when we are not in our heart space, we are capable of inhuman and monstrous acts. And that is what I had in mind as I wrote this story. There are personal thoughts and feelings in here as well. I was projecting the feelings that I have about my own mother and. Wonder how this would translate in Cecilia's character. It came out quite honest and raw. Another fun quick little fact is Dead Sunset Red is the color of lipstick I came up with when I wrote the story Mantra, which you can hear in episodes 8 and 9, I believe. I have used this symbol, the Dead Sunset Red, lip gloss in almost all of my novels as a premonition of a coming disaster for a female protagonist. I think real life has weird little synchronicities like this, so I love to throw that into my stories. If I ever get my store up, hopefully 2021, um, I plan on having dead sunset red lip gloss, and I've been working on formulas for it, but the color never quite turns out the exact shade I picture in my mind, so... The quest goes on. We'll see. Hopefully we'll have that available one these days. With that being said, I think it's time to refresh my lipstick. Don't worry. There's nothing to be afraid of. Is there? Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey. Sunset Red by Mav Sky. She thought curious things to herself, disturbing things, things she'd rather not consider or ask herself, but today was one of the days that she was able to think, able to question, So she asked herself the question that snaked through her dreams and spelled her days. The question a lawyer had once asked her. She spoke the question out loud. Cecilia Horn, what is at the center of your heart? Cracks climbed the bathroom wall, choking the mirror Cecilia stood before. She scoured her image for the answer, a clue. Just a hint. As usual, her reflection peered back, blank and unreliable. Though not dishonest, Cecilia was not a dishonest person. She turned her face this way and that, examining every tired curve, the heavy bags creeping under her eyes, below her chin. Cecilia Horn. What is at the center of your heart? Answer me, damn it! No answer came. Cecilia paused a moment and closed her eyes, feeling the throb of her pulse suffocate, drowning in her veins. A sigh escaped her lips, and she opened her eyes, taking in a deep breath. Still, Neither her face nor her mind held clues to the answer. Her fingers reached under the sink, to the little nook where she stashed her secret treasure. Finding it, she retrieved the red lip gloss and twisted off the cap. Cecilia carefully read the color on the tube. Dead Sunset Red. It actually said Sunset Red. But she knew, deep down, that dead was part of the title. Someone had erased the word. They had hidden the truth from the American public. The outrage. People should be ranting in the streets. But hadn't they? Her mind whispered. Hadn't they ranted and protested down the very street you lived? But that was one question too many for Cecilia. So she ignored it. Her heart quadrupled in beats. Panic coiled in her belly. Cecilia gazed once more at herself in the mirror. A clue. The word dead was definitely a clue. Good. She was doing good today. She applied the brassy gloss and pursed her lips. Late evening sunlight flitted through the window behind her and highlighted her blonde hair. It also highlighted the dark roots that were beginning to show. She'd have to change that. There was a lot she needed to change, to take back, like dyeing her hair blonde, but she couldn't change things or go back in time. This made Cecilia feel very sad sorrowful even. And she knew that this was another clue. Once again, her lips caught her eye. They weren't the pale pink as before, but a simmering hot, guilty red. She asked herself the question, the question that fluttered like a moth against the cold porch light again and again. The question the lawyer had asked her the day in the courtroom. Cecilia Horn, what is at the center of your heart? Her reply wasn't the answer, the true answer, she knew. But she looked herself dead in the mirror anyway. Her eyelid twitched once. She spoke it aloud. Love. And he had asked, but your children, Mrs. Horn?" Cecilia stared at her dead mouth in the mirror. My children. Oh, my children. She felt wetness in her steel-blue eyes. She wouldn't explain it. She couldn't explain it. Not even to her attorney. There was nothing to explain because she didn't remember anything. Not a single thing Deep in the center of her heart and the primal beating away of her every breath was an axe without a chopping block. Sometimes the axe was still, silver and fire glinted off the edge of the blade, a threat. Other times the axe hacked and hewed at sinew and Bone, at the moon and the stars in the universe that lay between. Fractured memories arose in these moments, in the time of the axe. Memories from her childhood, her father's funeral, her mother's weddings, so many weddings. Then, her own wedding, Dillard's drinking, his fat gut hoisted above her as he jammed her over and over with a skinny little prick, and her best memories, giving birth to her three children, her three glorious children. And after that, her memory falls like downy feathers, blank and white and empty as heaven. They say she tried to drown her children, all three of them. Cecilia didn't own a memory of that, not even a dream. But the axe kept chopping and falling. The axe would find the memories of that year, that night hidden among the wild vines of her soul. Dr. Shear told her so. Cecilia focused on her lips once more, applying more of the lip gloss. She had stolen the lip gloss from her attending nurse at the institution. Nurse Betty was skinny and tall. She wore white blouses and long denim skirts. Her tennis shoes were tied with long rabbit ear loops, ankle socks pulled up to mid calves. She wore glasses that often slipped to the very edge of her petite nose. Her lips were smooth and never smiled. Nurse Betty was all about practicality and getting things done. The lip gloss had fallen out of one of her denim pockets two months ago in July. Cecilia kept it hidden beneath the sink, never touching it until Sunday. Nurse Betty didn't work on Sundays, so that is when she wore it. Dead sunset lip gloss did not match the no-nonsense practicality of Nurse Betty. However, it did reveal another side of her, the truth of Nurse Betty. Perhaps the lip gloss not only revealed the truth about the nurse, but also about herself. Another clue. Cecilia regarded herself in the mirror and heard the question again in her mind. What is at the center of your heart? She reached inside her blue blouse and untucked a little piece of paper from her bra. She brushed her fingers against the smudged ink. The ink had bled the first time she read it. Her tears falling and soaking in, swelling and creating patterns against the torn edge. The date she'd written on the paper was July 15th, 2013. Cecilia knew that was the date the court remanded her to Faraday Psychiatric Hospital. But she didn't remember writing it. It was a clue to that one year of her life when everything changed a clue to the question that burned in her mind. Cecilia held the piece of paper up to her face, blocking the mirror image of herself. Her hand shook, so she supported it with the other. Slowly, she read the words out loud. Darkness falls. It drapes into puddles the shape of your scars. I am lost without you. Sometimes, I dream, and we are together. You are everything to me, and I... I am nothing to you. Her voice was light now until it cracked here. I am a lie. I am a bruise. I am a sin. I am merely an extension of your will and power. She took a deep breath. Her voice trembled as she read her own simple cursive. So when I put their little faces under water, each of their faces, I thought of you. I thought of your face, your lovely face. And I saw the life in their eyes. I saw the terror. I felt their terror their kicking legs, and I thought of you, how I wished you had done the same to me, for me, when I was their age. But you kept me alive, and you couldn't possibly have done what I've done, because you don't care, and I cared too much. They tell me I'm getting the juice, they tell me Yellow Mama is going to spank my girly ass, that I'm going to ride the lightning all the way to hell. And I say, I say, I'm already dead. I was dead the moment you birthed me. Cecilia reread the words to herself, her eyes pausing on, when I had put their faces under water, each of their faces, Had she done that? Was she capable? Cecilia peered at herself in the mirror, drawn to her lips, her lips that used to be pale pink but were now dead sunset red. Dead. They were all dead. Her children. Her three children. Evening descended. Casting its dark shadows over Cecilia's reflection in the mirror, her gloss red lips twitched the truth, the truth her mind had erased. And the truth was guilty.